This is Generation Green's Wildflower Project, the podcast that starts conversations to create connections on this journey we're all doing called life. Together, we can grow through what we go through and bloom in spite of it all. So let's be like wildflowers and see where the wind blows us. Hello and welcome back to the Wildflower Project. I'm your host, Sherry Sobey, and I'm here today with somebody I've been waiting anxiously to sit down and talk to, self-love coach and holistic nutritionist, uh, Natalie Reimer-Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Sherry. Thank you so much for being here. Now, I'm going to start, first of all, before we even dive into the whole self-love stuff, I want to tell you how the reason why mm-hmm. I wanted to have this moment with you and to because I had this profound uh, experience with you and you didn't Mm. even realize it. Oh my goodness, I want to hear this. (laughs) Yes. So last year, no, it was two years ago, I I wanted to start uh, kind of exploring some different avenues, whatever. And one of those things that I saw was the IM Festival. Mm. So my assistant manager and I went and camped out there for the weekend. And out of the whole weekend, I mean, there was many lovely things, but there was one thing that changed something for me. And it was the opening ceremony. And I know you told this story about this man with the shoelaces mm-hmm. or whatever. And every one of us were given this string when we came in. So you're holding this string and you're, you know, you're talking about this, you're telling this story, which I vaguely remember. I know it was a very lovely story, but it was because I'm such a visual learner, I think. I have always been one of these people that, oh, I'm going to, I've had to be very self-reliant. And I'm like, oh, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. I'm going to just, you know, get everything I need or do everything I need on my own here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because of the way that I had grown up. But holding a string and then you had us turn and tie the string ends to with your neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so this string was representing us as an individual Mm -hmm. and, and tying it together and just how huge that that string became and then wrapping it in that tree and seeing this community okay this this connectiveness of people with the same kind of intentions the same that that energy that was all in that string and then every day when we walked by it to see that and remind ourselves of it it just made me think like you know what I could do it on my own but oh my gosh how amazing would it be to have those supports throughout that whole that whole like that in that whole string and I thought that was so amazing so you know for people that sometimes need those visuals Mm -hmm. and even though you may have been told it or what have you how important it is to have those supports it really was that moment for me so I want to thank you for that first of all I am so honored I'm so happy to hear this yeah and sometimes people would think that that was so simple but it really had a profound change in my thinking so mm, yeah, cool. always amazing. You never know who you're touching. And at the beginning of the weekend was was so amazing and to kind of set the 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 theme for me for the weekend. So oh, that's that's so wonderful. Yeah. And that's absolutely, you know, why I do what I do and why it's like the privilege of my life to be able to do this kind of thing for mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah, that's cool because you, you don't know where the message is landing and where it's really resonating with people. And like you said, that, that whole shift that can occur. And that's what we can do for each other, mm-hmm. right? If we're open to that and the, the interconnectivity, I think you said, of all, all of all things. That's, 
Yes. Incredible. And why I think like mm-hmm. this, this wildflower project, you know, it's about building community and it's about building community by starting conversations and mm-hmm. sharing space and allowing space for other people and realizing we're all kind of doing this journey together mm-hmm. and that we can help each other along the way. And I never dismiss the people that cross my path at certain times because they could be there influencing a, a change or what have you. And I think mm, like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, even the changes when we, we were just talking here, changes like on how these things all come up, uh, about for us, mm-hmm. you know, are sometimes those blessings in disguise, those those um, things at the time are like s- huge, huge challenges for us. Mm-hmm. But looking back on them, not wanting to change any of it. So it'd be great if you would share your story here about how the whole self-love yeah. umbrella started for you. Cool. Thanks for asking. Well, I... I grew up in a, a very fundamentalist right-wing Christian home, and I remember being very curious and having a lot of questions, but feeling like um, maybe it wasn't okay to ask questions and, you know, feeling um, really not understanding fully what, what it meant as I was growing up, but felt very, like, um, under, under the thumb of dogma and, like, rules to follow. And uh, I remember being very, very quiet and shy, sort of like literally shutting down my throat chakra. Um, I found sport and then that became a way for me to, you know, get pride in my with from my family and, and be able to um, excel at something. And so then I began to sort of outsource all of my love and approval to, you know, earning trophies and being validated by wins and, you know, being good at something physically. And so my identity was really wrapped up in that. And, you know, it was probably in the early 90s when, you know, I had accumulated this tower of trophies and I went on to become a professional athlete. And one day my body just totally shut down and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I just kept, you know, almost abusing it more with exercise and diet and trying to have it restored to the way that it was. I had gained 90 pounds. I was, uh, it was hard to get out of bed in the morning. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. But in my way of thinking, in my upbringing, it's just like, just work harder. You're lazy. What's going on? And so, um, you know, that was even more crazy making. And finally, I just, um, I went to a doctor and she tested me and she said, okay, well, it looks like you have subclinical thyroid. Um, so here's medication and see you next year, you know, and, and I, something in me just didn't want to accept that that was my reality for the rest of my life, that I would just be taking medication. I remember even asking her, like, I'm willing to do what it takes here. What, what can I do? Like, can I, is nutrition, is there some kind of therapy that I can do? Nope. Here's your prescription. Go away. Yeah. And so through a very, you know, synchronistic series of events, I wound up in the office of an intuitive medical doctor out in LA. My two best friends had an intervention for me, essentially, because they knew that I was, you know, I was not well. I was deeply depressed. I was in a very dark place and didn't know what was wrong. I just thought that, again, that I was that I was just lazy and that this is just, you know, what life was going to be like for me. So this doctor took one look at me and he said, I know what's wrong with you. And I remember kind of feeling a little bit insulted because I didn't even realize there was something wrong except, you know, not not a diagnosis, certainly. And he said, um, you're holding on to toxic shame 
and guilt and it's killing you. He said, I, I believe, without this is without any kind of testing, I believe you have an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. He said, when do you go back to Canada? Because I was piggybacking on my friend's appointment to get in to see this, this literally celebrity doctor. Mm. Um, you know, he didn't need my business. So he said to me, can you be here at 6.30 tomorrow morning? So he essentially opened up his clinic early for me. And I, I, you know, I just remember that moment, just looking at him in the eyes and just the, the compassion that he had for me. It didn't matter that I was you know, not a celebrity and that I was like some woman from Winnipeg, Manitoba. It didn't matter to him. I was just this human in need of help and he had an answer for me. And he looked me in the eyes and he asked me, Natalie, do you love yourself? <laughs> and I burst into tears. It, it even makes me emotional now. It's just, it's such a beautiful, and it was just such an impactful question because in that instant, I realized that the answer was no. And then I realized that that was the key to everything that I'd ever suffered from. And that was going to be my future, how I was going to get well. So... The next morning, I was there standing at his office door before he even opened the clinic, and that changed the course of my life. And really, it began this process of excavating down into those deep layers of subconscious and subliminal programming, my core limiting beliefs around who I was as a person, my worth, my value, that I am a divine and infinite being and I don't need to earn anything, especially not love and approval, because I can source that from within. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And as you know, um, part of the reason I'm sitting here today is because within uh, a year, I had changed my whole life. Within 18 months, I was well and was testing with absolutely no antibodies. So I'm here today, you know, to say that Allopathic medicine does not believe that it's possible to cure, to heal an autoimmune condition, but I am living evidence that it is. And it all comes down to loving ourselves. Wow. And taking the necessary steps in that love. Yeah. So you have different mm -hmm. programs that you do to teach mm -hmm. people how to do this because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was stopping and thinking about this beforehand. And I was like, okay, I know I like myself. Like I'm pretty comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. But, you know, asking that question, it's it's really difficult to answer because when I think about love, I think about the perfect love, which is the love I have for my children. It's unconditional. Mm -hmm. However, it's not that perfect love with myself because there's many conditions on it, right? Mm -hmm. So is there, is it the same type of thing? Like, I, I know you talk about cellular love yet, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're getting t down and we're changing the basic microbes that you know make us who we are and mm -hmm. I think I guess they it's because it's been altered a lot by what you say about how um you know the things that we've learned the things that we've subconsciously um stored away mm -hmm. um and I know those all have effect on it so where like how do you know if that's what you're lacking um that's a good question and I I think it's um a complicated answer but to simplify it, it would be, you know, you talk about this beautiful love and this unconditionality that you have for your children. And I think it's just 
analyzing where we have a double standard against ourselves, right? Like I, I often have my clients flip that script when it's like, okay, you're saying this about yourself. Would you say that about your child self? Would you say that about your own child if they have children? If, if someone else did that, would you, you know, call them the names that you're calling yourself right now? And the, everybody's answer is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So why do we have this double standard against ourselves? And it's just, um, you know, that we've allowed it, that we've allowed it to be that way. And that we somehow have these like incredibly high expectations of our own behavior when, you know, we're, we're not in acceptance of our own humanity and just in understanding ourselves. And I think that's the... The key to it all is like having this deep abiding compassion for yourself as being human is what allows you to step into your divine nature. So, you know, when I look at what are the blocks to loving ourselves with people, it comes down to that early childhood programming Mm -hmm. where somewhere in there we made something mean something about us, right? We made an incident, an event, something that was said. We made it we took on a meaning, we assigned a meaning to it about who we were as people, not just as the event and not just as someone's careless words or actions, but how that reflects on who we are. And the thing about beliefs, and I call myself a boundaries, beliefs and behaviors coach, because it's all part and parcel of self-love. But the thing about beliefs is that they get installed really early. By the age of seven, we have almost everything that we will ever believe about ourselves and our world. That's our worldview and our self-view is created in those seven years. Can you imagine a seven-year-old child living their life based on what they learned in those first seven years? No. You know, like they're children, Mm -hmm. right? So if we can go back and look at what beliefs we installed that early on that we are still living from today that are not serving us and realize that in those early days, we chose that belief. We assigned that meaning to that event or those words about ourselves, And because it was a chosen, beliefs are chosen. They can be culturally imprinted, but we still choose to believe them. Then we can unchoose and we can believe something different. But it comes down to waking up to the awareness that it is just a belief and that we've been living that belief into being until it's all that we see. It's called confirmation bias, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're, we're like a bad detective only collecting evidence to prove our theory about ourselves true. And we've gone the whole year or all of the years of our life judging ourselves by that belief and looking for evidence in the world to prove it true. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. So learning to love ourselves is erasing those beliefs mm-hmm. and going back to that divine essence that is unchanging that was you is that perfect child. So when you're talking about this unconditional love that you have for your children, seeing that you were once that child who was imprinted with all these ideas about who they should be and that's just not true and you don't have to live by those things anymore and that's how we step into this unconditional love because every time a belief system or um, you know rears its ugly head then you can identify it and say I don't believe that anymore I'm going to choose to believe this and I'm going to search for evidence to prove my new belief true and that's how we start to reshape so the beginning is going back to the child within 
mm-hmm. basically. So that's like jo- Dr. John Gray, I think. Isn't he the one that started talking about the inner child? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I think I so. I think you may be right. And I, I, I can totally see that, you know, because mm. I had a... I had a really adverse childhood for sure. So I can see how those um, imprints, as you say, Mm -hmm. have affected me today. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I recognize them. Mm -hmm. What happens though, I think if you um, are a survivor of those adversities, what happens is that you detach from them as well. So you detach from the emotion of them. It's a survival skill, basically. So, you know what, it was really interesting. So I can totally see why you need to go back to the child. Recently, um, it was last year, I was going to start getting uncomfortable. That was the intention for the year. And Mm -hmm. I've shared this where I was like, I'm opening that shame box. And um, I want to, it was like a a situation, uh, a series of events that led me to an opportunity to share my story uh, in support of an organization that I uh, really owe so much to and that had changed my path changed my life and opening that shame box was so freeing for one thing uh, because it didn't hold that power but what it was that actually made me feel some compassion Mm. because that's what was lacking as I was so detached was I found this picture of myself when I was, I think, five years of age. Not a lot of pictures of me. But seeing this child, I was really, like, I really just stared at this child. Mm. And I could I could feel those feelings, like what you must have been feeling. I was able to have compassion for that child for the very first time. And I, like, I'm get way up here now. Mm. I've wasted, I feel like, a lot of this time and, you know, of of not having that inner compassion and not having, and I, I still don't know if I've really connected it, that it's me, it's in me and it's who I, but I know that this is a, um, obviously something we have to do lifelong here. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a one-time thing, clean out the no, closet type no, deal. No. This is forever because the health effects that come from these things mm-hmm. um, are, are really serious. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I'm talking to my doctor, I'm saying, I have chronic migraines. I have chronic inflammation, chronic pain. Where is all that coming from? I'm about prevention here and I, mm-hmm. I, I'm doing what I can, I feel, mm-hmm. but it's not working. So what's happening? So the only explanation is that I've done some internal kind of damage here. And this is where we talk about cellular Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm, stuff here, right? That that thyroid issue that Mm -hmm. you had, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that came from somewhere. And if you can cure it Mm -hmm. by reversing the damage, Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I mean, that is totally necessary. Yeah. Like it's an epidemic, really. The the lack of self love is yeah. an epidemic, and yeah, all these um, autoimmune conditions that are showing up, especially in Manitoba, mm-hmm. we are the number one province for pretty much every autoimmune condition. Um, yeah, MS, really? Crohn's, colitis, um, Hashimoto's is on the rise. Yeah, wow. And it, there's it's multifactorial for sure, but um, you know there is a lot. So if we talk about like cellular imprinting, right, we, we can go into epigenetics, which is, so you're not only carrying your own genetic code, you're carrying the genetic heritage and lineage of those that came before you. Right. And so, I mean, you as a woman, um, you, you existed in your grandmother's body. So everything, so you were an egg in your mother's womb when she was a, an infant, a baby, 
in your grandmother's body. Right. So, so you carry all of the trauma that she experienced, all the trauma that your mother experienced. It all resides in you at the cellular level. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a lot of baggage. It is. It is. And, and you know, the thing about it is it gets amplified each year, right? So it's, it, or each generation. And it's, it's yours to carry, but it's also yours to completely transform and heal. And we're in a place in our awareness and in the consciousness of this planet where we have people that are taking those conscious steps to do the healing of this transgenerational trauma. And when they do, they clear it. So you're talking about clearing it. They clear it for all the generations to come after it. Wow. After, yeah. And you even heal your mother line. You know, you even heal the lineage that you came from so that that's not yours to carry anymore. So the the thing about that I think is so beautiful about epigenetics and this idea of the cell is that we have, you know, let's say there's 100 light switches on the wall. 80 of them we can turn on and off by our choosing, how we choose to live, how we choose to believe, how we choose to think, how we choose to interact with our environment. And only 20 of those light switches are fixed in place. So you may have been born with your grandmother's green eyes, but you don't have to inherit her diabetes, hmm. right? You, you may have all of this you know, genetic trauma, but you can choose to change that and heal that. And it really is, I mean, it is a lifelong process. I'm not going to say that any of these things are easy, but it is the most rewarding and important work that we as humans do. I think, you know, learning to love ourselves is this current collective lesson that we all need to learn on this planet. Because when you love yourself, you have no reason to be at war with anyone else. There's nothing... Mm. You don't externalize. You see yourself as being a part of the family of all things, right? The interconnectivity at all of all. And it's so funny because with the work that I do and I and calling myself a self-love coach, a lot of people will look at me and they'll be like, self-love? And they'll kind of giggle or they'll, th- they'll say, well, that sounds totally narcissistic. And I'm like, no, true abiding self-love is the antidote to narcissism. The reason that we have so much narcissism in our culture is because there is a lack of true self-love, just that understanding of who we are as as human beings, mm-hmm. just being comfortable and connected to ourself. Mm-hmm. And then we can interact with this world in a completely different way. Yeah, it reminds me of that. There's that saying there about the beginning of love is accepting those we love perfectly as themselves Mm. otherwise we only love the reflection we see of ourselves so if we are that makes sense right because Mm -hmm. if we are loving ourselves and accepting of ourselves we are going to be much more accepting and loving of everyone that we see uh, because we're going to be we've conditioned ourselves now Mm. we we can easily recognize that we're we're doing that Mm -hmm. it was even yesterday at at she day and uh listening about the unconscious bias right and how that's all programmed in us too Mm -hmm. and it makes such sense we don't even realize some of the Mm -hmm. things that uh, like how those pre-programmed messages are affecting us on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and uh, so I think it's it all ties together that way and 
the world definitely would be a much better place if we were all working on this uh, collectively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I, I see what you're seeing too uh, right now about this change and that people are looking uh, to the source of the issues and wanting to Mm -hmm. uh, progress themselves and wanting to heal themselves. So I think that this is a definite message that needs to be reinforced over and over again. Absolutely. And it, it, it is all self-work. Mm-hmm. There's no one else we can affect. We can affect people, obviously, because we're all interconnected with, with our love and, and with our generosity. But the work that we do, it's, it's only our own work on our own self. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the place that it all needs to start. Mm-hmm. I, I was just reminded of something while you were sharing. And, you know, every culture has that, um, or many cultures do, in ancient cultures like namaste right uh, the light in me honors light in you or in lachak alakin where it's saying i am another you you know just that recognition that there is no separation we're all we're, we're all expression of one divine source just individualized expression of one divine source that's where self-love can take us mm-hmm. you know that you know that this microcosm of the cell and the macrocosm of the soul are, are really just reflections and we all are interconnected in that dimensional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do we motivate people to, to work on this? Like right now, I've been doing this 28 days self-care challenge on our Instagram. Love it. And because that's what February is for us. We don't want to focus on this commercialism of of this one day that you're supposed to do something kind for somebody Mm. or show love for somebody it's like let's turn it around like let's show that love to yourself and we talk about you know it's all about the intention right and the results will come from that intention I believe Um, and so it doesn't matter how simple the act it's just what the intention is with the act Mm. Um, but the fact that you know, like I say, I'm going to have to, I'm going to dangle a carrot here and make you guys, you know, try like want to do this. Mm. We, how can we motivate people? How can we get them to understand this? Like, this Mm. is so, so important. And like, I, I have been ever since I think I lost my health there. And I think you can appreciate this as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you can enjoy any of those things. I couldn't enjoy my children. I couldn't enjoy, you know, the simple, the simplest of things. Right. Um, And so when you lose that, it changes so much about your, um, your outlook on life, I suppose. But how do how can we encourage and motivate people and tell them that this is like so necessary like mm-hmm. i find to fill my bucket i need that one day a week especially mm-hmm. where i'm just like mm-hmm. i'm 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 just this is my self care day mm-hmm. i am going to do whatever i'm needing to be doing but throughout the week i'm doing those little things too yeah. right because yeah. i know how important it is to care for myself for my health but i want to be yeah. encouraging everybody to be doing this and, totally, and yeah. that it is so so important well, how do we do that? I I would say because of my years of, of experience with this, um, ye, this sounds super counterintuitive, but you can't. Oh. The answer is you can't. You can only encourage and lead the people that are already asking for help. You have to be invited in, yeah. <laughs> essentially. And... You know, this is all that I choose to do now because we are all infinite beings. We are all always choosing and we're all always seeing the evidence of the choices that we make every day. 
So if people choose to be unaware and choose to be unconscious, that's still their choice. So rather than, you know, that, that um, analogy of the lighthouse, rather than running around the island saying, over here, everybody, over here, hey, everybody, you just stand there shining. And the people that are, are wanting to turn their ship around will see your example and you become this invitation to what's possible. Mm-hmm. So that's why these things are beautiful. We share these stories. It's going to land. Someone's going to hear it and say, I need that lighthouse, you know, and until they're fully in command of their own ship, we get to serve as that. It's such an honor, right? Mm-hmm. I love that analogy, actually, because, yeah. uh, again, I'm such a visual learner, so mm-hmm. I see that and see how you can be attracting with what you're doing and the messages you're putting out. Yeah, and, and the truth is, like, I'm not changing anybody's life. They're doing all the work. Mm-hmm. I'm acting as, you know, this militantly positive cheerleader, and I'm helping to reflect back to them the questions that they may, may be need, needing to ask themselves. But essentially, I just walk beside them through the process. I like to say it this way, visual learner person, me too. I have all kinds of analogies because it helps me so much. Is we, we can't see the forest through the trees. You've heard that cliche. You're in your forest. It's super hard to see the forest through your trees, but I can act as a compassionate observer, witness, and coach that can hover above and help guide you to your your meadow or your way out of the forest. But you have the compass and you have the awareness and you have the tools. I just help you to navigate the blind spots Mm -hmm. that are keeping you stuck. And that's the beautiful thing that we can do for one another. So when people are at that point of readiness, those are the people that I want to work with. Right. Because otherwise we're spinning our wheels wasting our time (laughs) yeah no i guess it's the same for anything really right you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink um i think it's the nurturer in me the mother in me whereas i want everybody to be happy and i want everybody to be healthy and i want to um show them the way totally totally it's it's just instinctive and those people those people will find you absolutely and they already have they're they're already following you so those are the people that are going to benefit from from your message and what you're sharing um yeah, sometimes I find like people will want to hire me on behalf of someone else mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work that way. Right. It that person has to come with that readiness to really dig in and look at those programs and it it's it can be hard. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard work to go back. You know, I heard you say earlier that you felt like all these years wasted, but when we get to that point where it's like I'm so like for me, I'm so grateful for my illness at this point, because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have transformed and became, you know, just carved out such a capacity to be able to do this for other people. You know, that compassion that and I know that that you also have, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to this whole business is based on on that love that you acquired through learning through pain. Yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I always say that uh, it was definitely a blessing, um, you know, the, the health scare that I had, um, because I don't, I know this is exactly what I was meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm doing what I love, and I uh, am so excited to be able to say that. And it it has just been the best thing ever for me, because it gave me purpose, it gave me focus. Yeah. Um it allowed me to embrace that natural instinct of being a nurturer and wanting to help people, I think, Um, because that is my whole intention with this. Um, Never did any kind of sales. I can't sell anything. 
I'm not going to be able to sell anything like that. I have to be able to speak my truth with it. Yeah. yeah. So right on. Yeah. And that, I mean, your business is just an extension of the energy that is you, you know, that childlike essence when you say, you know, that picture that you saw, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's what you can bring to this. That's what you're bringing to this. And that's why, you know, it's drawing the right people in, you know? Yeah. It's a it, magnet. Yeah, mm. it is. Cause that's, I think why I say like, I'm meeting so many amazing mm. people that are helping me progress on my journey too. And, um, you know, enlightening me about like different people that I should be talking to mm. or products I should be checking yeah. out or what have you. I have just been yeah. amazed by the amount of, uh, of feedback I get and the amount of support, well, you know, a beautiful thing happens when someone transmutes their pain to purpose. And it, it's like people that. just gravitate towards it, right? Because we all, no one's getting out of here unscarred, unwounded, right? Especially when you think of what happens to us in the first seven years of our life and everything's decided by that point. Mm-hmm. So when you can transmute that, you're a shining example essentially for what what we can do, what we can overcome mm-hmm. right that positive stoicism of like every obstacle is an opportunity mm-hmm. and then living our lives in that way again we become this invitation to what's possible for others and that's we don't have to sell anything that is that that's what does it yeah because this is what this is what we want as as human beings we want this this awakening for ourselves we want this purpose-driven life for ourselves no it's so true because this is um the happiest I've probably ever felt in my life while Mm. I've been doing this right then I think that just reinforces to me that message uh, Mm -hmm. that I am on the right path and that I'm doing the right thing Mm -hmm. when I feel like every day when I walk in here I'm just coming home you know you just settle in yeah and when I'm selecting the people to surround myself with it's like Mm -hmm. can you can I see you as a part of my family Mm. you know can I care for you and can I um you know, I'm really trying to be open. We They were talking yesterday about the diversity and having different ideas and opinions. And um, I'm loving all that. Oh, it sounds so playful. That's yeah. such a good energy. Yeah. Maybe that's what like it just is. I, I, I'm playing just... Playing with life. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mm-hmm. think because I've always been so young at heart like that and trying to tap mm-hmm. into that that inner child, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, and I think even not even consciously doing that, right? Because I've always, I wanted to change the way I or almost reparent myself in a way, nice, I think yeah. is what it is. Well, so. it feels like when you, when you were talking like all, all these layers, you've just literally stripped all these layers and that authenticity, you know, it's a, it's a super buzzword right now, but what is it really? It's just that essence that was never not you. It's all the programming and beliefs and layers of pain that suppress that that light, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I have my clients do is exactly what you said, is go and find a picture of yourself and post it prominently. A picture of yourself as a child under five years is usually the best because that's before the world really got a hold of us and shaped our perception. And just tap into that child. You know, I've seen so many baby pictures at this point. Yeah. And it's just like I have a wall of baby pictures of my clients and it's just like this is this is who you truly are remember 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 that beauty that un literally unadulterated being right mm-hmm. but why do we come to this place if we're just going to get all messed up it's because this is this is earth school right we're here 
And every single thing that happens is for our greater, our greatest evolvement, our best and highest. When you were saying all these people that are coming into your life, I'm reminded of a quote from uh, Neil Donald Walsh, which says, I have sent you nothing but angels. So even like even those people that seem like they are they they came and brought so many lessons of pain, right? They're angels because we can overcome anything. We can overcome anything. And they're bringing in those soul lessons for us to be able to evolve through and work through and become our best and highest. And that's where, and I feel like I have so much still to do. And so now I am trying to seek out all of those Mm -hmm. people, all Mm -hmm. of my guides, I suppose they are. I'm just calling to come to me now and show me what else I need to do to get to those, to those levels. Right. But, but it's even you know, like this is this is one kind of interaction, but it's even those people that come into the store and are not the happy customer. It's yeah. even those people that, you know, picked on you on the bus at school. It's the even those people, they're almost like hired guns so that like somewhere in our consciousness, we we hire people to come in and play a role so that we can become stronger and more ourselves. Hmm is what it's for and if you flip the script and like make it about that perspective of life then everything is everything's an opportunity everything's an opportunity to learn and grow right everything becomes a gift yeah so to be thankful for every moment and and uh whether it's good or bad and mm-hmm. every person mm-hmm. every oh my gosh you should be saying thank you all day long totally right yeah it is it is like walking in gratitude yeah basically swimming in it no kidding yeah I love it. I really love it. What about, um, I just was thinking about this now, what about parents with younger children and, and, you know, having the realization like that you are, you're, you're, you're forming, you know, this Mm -hmm. person and their ideas and, and how, and how they are going, how can we be imprinting that message of self-love into our children? What kinds of things can we be saying when they're so vulnerable and at this stage of, you know, taking information in? Mm -hmm. Well, Parenting is the most, (laughs) it's really the most sacred duty that we can be assigned. And we do have to be very careful about what we say, um, how we address our children, but at the same time, not overthinking it and trying to save them from everything because they are also infinite beings that have free will of choice and and will choose how they go about their journey. So although we are tasked with this major thing and it can feel really daunting, right? Oh my God, I'm going to screw up my kids. The truth is lead with love and also just know that no one, not even the best childhood is getting out without some kind of decision about themselves. They can have less, but they're... It's like no one gets out without being wounded mm-hmm. because it's the, I feel almost that the wounding is necessary because it creates that space to transmute into something beautiful that the, the pain to power that then becomes our purpose in life. Right. It's how we can progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, 
you have a kid who's raised in a beautifully loving home and then the parents were stifling and, and suffocating. You have a child who was raised in a neglectful home and, you know, it's like, oh, my parents didn't. There, there's no perfect childhood. It does not exist. So if we as parents are running around attempting to give that to our kids, we're likely still causing some kind of damage. So it's not to say, ah, don't worry about it. It's just to say, relax, go with your, your intuition, lead with love, and they're going to end up blaming you <laughs> down the yeah, road. Yeah. But then there's like this beautiful place where when they finally get, get it, yeah. And they can own, they take full ownership of their own life, like serious, full-on adulting, then there's no more blaming. It's all, so the way that I see it is blame is very different, self-blame versus self-responsibility. And you can blame, but you'll never bloom, Wildflower Project. You'll ne you won't bloom, right? So as soon as you take that personal responsibility, you step into being an adult and you can affect the the change of course of your own life at that point when we're blaming we're giving our power away mm -hmm. give kids give kids the tools um and the example probably the as well tools right? and the oh yeah absolutely the tools and the example but as a parent if we run around you know helicopter helicopter parenting and freaking out about every little thing it it's also it's anxiety producing and that just changes the vibration of the whole home so mm -hmm. yeah yeah no we're never going to do it perfect for sure and mm -hmm. I think again it's all about you know just doing the best you can mm -hmm. and we're doing the best we can with what we know and yes you know and, yeah. and I think the more we know the the more we progress and um it, it is it's it's just lifelong learning lifelong mm -hmm. living and uh and, and experiences mm -hmm. and I, I totally understand that part about you know all the experiences are what helps us progress and um, it's only through those things that we can find perhaps the the most divine uh, the most uh, beautiful things mm -hmm. um, that you know like for instance out of our our illnesses and you mm -hmm. know um, the things that we think are going to be those big challenges lead us to the most wonderful experiences of all mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's just creating the path for it um, I, I love all of that and I love everything that you're doing Thank you. and you have a whole bunch of different uh, workshops that you do mm -hmm. you have different programs through your website so tell people how they can you know reach out to you and find you and mm -hmm. what you're offering Sure. So um, they can reach out to me. My website is natalierimeranderson.com. And um, I'm on Instagram as at Blonde Sovereign. So there's tips there daily, uh, Facebook as well. Um, just little mini lessons usually or, or musings, you know, things that, that are helpful and inspirational. And um, yeah, currently I'm running a group coaching course. Um, we're already into week four. So the this next is the one, crave one that this you were is doing, the crave. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's about um, loving yourself, feeding your cells, and satisfying your soul by getting down into the like deep, deep desire and permission to des to desire what you desire, mm. reconnecting to that, and then um, yeah, just those subconscious limiting beliefs. We blow those out of the water, and then we install new beliefs and behaviors and boundaries that support that. And then my next group coaching will begin in uh, June, and it'll be uh, Summer of Self-Love, which I've run. This will be the third year running. And that's more of, you know, uh, body positivity and body love uh, focused, 
all those things that we aren't doing because we're holding back because we're we're ashamed somehow and we're not fully embodied and experiencing in this uh, five sensory reality um basically because of fear of judgment mm-hmm. and how to and get over that. those are the that. barriers, I think, that put us, you know, between getting to that other place of fully loving ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a barrier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, it's one of those blocks for sure. Uh-huh. And, and so that comes up in the summer, especially when we're going to be mm-hmm. wearing shorts and bathing suits and out in the sun and just how to, how to fully embrace and like have literally the best summer of your life free, feeling free. Mm-hmm. And then I do um, my Soul to Soul Self Love Solution is my is my big program that combines all of my holistic nutrition, everything that I did to heal myself, one on one private coaching, and um, yeah, some it's it's a really intense but absolutely transformational program. There's not a person that hasn't come out of it with a completely different perspective on themselves and and their life. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're so fortunate to have someone like you, you. here in Winnipeg mm-hmm. um, that can help people transform their lives like that and, mm-hmm. and help people get in touch with their um, their ability to be able to uh, love themselves because we all have the capability to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah. just sometimes need to learn it and, mm-hmm. and, and unlearn some things. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it's absolutely wonderful. So I definitely want to plan something with you mm. for our followers here yeah. um, so that uh, we can all start self-loving and learning mm. more. Mm-hmm. And I know that they would be most open to that too. So as soon as we make a plan, well, I'll make sure we post that. This uh, recording will be on our website at generationgreenwpg.com. If you select the Wildflower Project tab there, there's a drop down that'll show you the episodes and we'll link everything to Natalie as well, to your website, your Instagram, all that so that we can make sure people can find you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's so great. And I could sit here and talk to you all day long. But I know, I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. That's a good sign. So we'll have to have you back because right I'm sure there's going to be lots of follow-up mm-hmm. questions. And and that's the other thing. I want to open that up. Whoever has any questions or comments or suggestions, anything like that, we want, we'll want we read them. We'll address them. We'll send them on to yeah, Natalie. I would be happy to do that. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, we can just help each other uh, on this journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Any closing, uh, any closing words for now? Well, you know, I just love that you said that we're helping each other on this journey because, you know, that doctor that that opened up to compassion with me, he he reignited that that pilot light that was flickering out, and so to be able to do that for other people, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. That's that's like, it's the most beautiful thing to be able to light other people up. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes not even realizing it. Back to the very beginning of the conversation here. I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Natalie. So until next time, keep smiling, be happy, and keep trying to bloom. Mm. Um, And let the wildflower in you just blow and land wherever you may. Bye.